Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Team. This is your host, Sports Guy David. My co-host, Lucas Ray, is on the Recap Podcast. We're going to review, or we're going to recap every single game and how we feel about it. Um, Lucas, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, how about you? I'm doing fantastic. Just to recap last week, it was a pretty bad week for all of us. I went 8-7, and seven, and there's a two-way tie with Lucas and Julian. They both went 9-6, and six, so they earned a tie, um, and I earned an L. So I'm 0-3. Lucas and Julian are o are <laughs> Lucas first win. Yeah, Lucas won twice, so he's two zero and one, and Julian zero two one. So, and speaking of time, we got a one this week too. I can't wait to talk about it. What first? We'll talk about the the Jaguars and Dolphins Thursday night football. Um, Dolphins won thirty one to thirteen. Um, wh- um, what what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, I guess Fitzmagic is back for the first half of the season again after week one, you know, just having a bad game. But he's back again, and uh, two touchdowns, zero interceptions this time, and uh, getting it out to a lot of his players. Um, Miles Gaskin was a big part of their offense this past weekend. He was really involved. And Devontae Parker, too, um, he was getting in there as well. And their guy, Mike Gusecki, I always want to shout out Mike Gusecki because I think that this guy, he's really tall, too. I didn't realize how tall he was. Um, we got to see these two teams on Thursday night. Kind of sucky that, um, that like, another Thursday night game. But, hey, the, the Dolphins ran it up. We've seen their offense really produce and really do something. And um, on the other side of the ball, the Jaguars, or the other team, the Jaguars, uh, Gardner Minshew, he ended up being 30 for 42, um, zero touchdowns, but an interception. And uh, the guy that we really like, James Robinson, he couldn't do too much. And he was just taking out of the game plan because of a long game. And uh, they got behind really quickly. He also had 83 yards through the uh, air receiving. I was going to say, he did a lot. He, he was the <laughs> offense. He had 46 on the ground and 83 through the air. He got 30 points. He was my flex in fantasy, just a little note. Um, but go on. Yeah, 30 points. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's that's just crazy. And I really like their guy, LaVisca Chenault. I think he's going to keep um, keep improving. He had five receptions, but only 33 yards. I think that he's one of the guys that they want to keep going, one of the young guys that want to keep going. And the defensive side of the ball, I do like what Jacksonville got going on with Caleb Vaughn and uh, C.J. Henderson. Um, they're still having – they're still on a few plays. Like They're, they're still popping up, but um, Jacksonville, they're, they're so far behind um, against the rest of the league. But Miami – I mean, same th- same deal there. I think it's um, a matter of time, though, before Fitzpatrick starts declining and we're, we're start hearing chance for Tua. Um, yeah, uh, it was 31-13, but if you look on the stats, it looks like the Jaguars had a better game all, um, offensively. Uh, Fitz, Fitzmagic only threw for 160 yards. He did have two touchdowns on interceptions, and Miles Gaskin, like you said, was a big part of that offense. But I'm real impressed with this James Robinson guy. I mentioned this guy uh, before the season started. Um, and he's the guy. He's from oh, was it Southern Illinois? He's from the well. Let's see. I have his football card right here. So is this uh, oh Illinois State Cardinal? The Illinois State Cardinal. This guy is just it, it just proved to me he he's a, a runner back RB one or RB two in fantasy. I mean, I'm gonna probably talk to him in fantasy on um in, later this week. But Gardner Minshew, uh, he needs to get it together a little bit. He was throwing it a lot, and um he even ran he even ran um for 22 yards as well. Uh, it's just that defense, that Jaguars defense. They lost too many pieces since that 2000, I think, 16 team. That that crazy, mm-hmm. crazy defensive team. The last player to leave it was uh, Ngagwe. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Finally got a name right. Um, he <laughs> he finally left it this last season. Uh, this last um off season. So that Jaguar defense is pretty much kind of reminds me of the Vikings defense. It's kind of just all different and all new. Um, I don't blame him too much, but Fist Magic. Um, um, I could see him maybe getting replaced pretty soon here. Uh, as long as they keep on winning, he got that swagger, though. He's staying in, so I'm real excited to see 
a lot more of him. Moving on to the second game, we got the uh, Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I didn't think the Houston Texans were going to be in this game as much as they were. They end up falling 21 to 28 to the Pittsburgh Steelers are now undefeated and the Texans are defeated. What are your thoughts on this game? <laughs> yeah, Texans are completely defeated. Um, probably just wow, Deshaun Watson. Um, we knew that he was going to have to have a big game previewing this game. I didn't think that he could do it, but he somehow mustered his team into this game and they had a chance to really tie, uh, to tie it up late and um, in the fourth quarter, but Pittsburgh stepped it up and they kept the ball away from them towards the end of the game. And it was just really surprising to see Deshaun, what he could do. Um, it sucks that they're starting 0-3, but they had a, such a tough schedule. I think that they could build upon a game like this, though, to see that they're they're really almost right there, right? And um, even though we think that they're not going to do anything this season, um, we can't count Deshaun Watson out for anything um, going forward, I think, especially after what they did to this Pittsburgh team. Randall Cobb showed up uh, with 95 yards, Will Fuller 54 and Kenny Stills with 35. You need to see a little bit more action from Will Fuller. But Randall Cobb coming out with that big 95 yards was uh, is a pleasant surprise. It's a good surprise for this offense. Texans, though, they have to be disappointed that David Johnson, once again, is not proven to be the back that they wanted to be. On the other side of the ball, though, other other team, I keep saying that, um, Pittsburgh, James Conner went off. He had 18 carries for 109 yards so um, and a touchdown. So I think that this team is just another – balanced game from them too also Ben Roethlisberger with two TDs no interceptions and uh just the receiving yards that that this team uh, has it's all evenly distributed it's all around 40 and 50 yards Eric Ebron is the top receiver with 52 Juju's right behind him so these guys it's just another balanced game and another good win gotta be a little concerned that you couldn't put away a struggling Texans team with what you got but um good victory right here yeah uh I feel bad for Texans fans if there's any really um usually in Texas is all about the Cowboys over there uh, but um, they're just losing fans and just losing hope overall, all, all around. I feel, like I, I say every week, I feel bad for this guy, Sean um, Watson. This dude's a stud, but he can shine um, under uh, in a Texan uniform. I want him gone, but that contract, you know, I don't think anyone's going to pick it up. I would uh, if I, I was in dire need of a quarterback. I really would trade the kitchen sink for this guy because this guy is talented. But um, here's a crazy stat. The Texans um, have allowed each – Sorry, I got a text. Uh, allowed each opponent to rush for 160 plus yards this season. First, first team wow. since the 2009 Texans. So it's just a repeating. Wow. It's a repeating. Um, it's a it's a carousel really of just shitty um, defense. Defense and um, David Johnson, 23 yards. He did have a touchdown. Um, I just he needs. We need more from from him. And then James Conner. I didn't think he was gonna. He was kind of underrated. Um, I he's been back in the past fantasy wise and. Even just on the – he couldn't stay really on the field, you know, here and there. But the Steelers are looking pretty good. I mean, their offense is flowing and their defense is even better. So this Pittsburgh's team is actually kind of scary. And they're kind of underrated. Not a lot of people are talking about them because they, they're in the same division as the Baltimore Ravens, who I'm I'm, I'm glad to talk about that a little later. But, but um, now they're on top of the division now with Ravens going down. Exactly. So um, now now it's about to be um, the Steelers fans are going to come out. Are, are at least heard nothing much with the Steelers but they should be getting a lot more credit. Moving on to the game, um, this one is actually pretty intense towards the end. In overtime, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles both tied uh, 23-23. Last interconference tie was against – the game was the Bengals and Eagles um, a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they tied again. Um, 
Ain't that some shit, but what do you think about this game? Yeah. I just can't believe that the Eagles were playing to tie towards the end. I think it was the Eagles that were playing to tie towards the end. Um, it was. I can't believe that uh, Carson Wentz is struggling again, too. And, um, I mean, the Bengals have some players along that defensive line. We know that. I think that's one of their strengths, one of their few strengths on this football team. But just seeing this, this uh, Eagles team so dysfunctional on the offensive side of the ball and now falling down um, to 0-2-1, you're still winless in a division that every year that is up for grabs, it is it is just disappointing that you came away with a motherfucking tie. And all the credit in the world to uh, Joe Burrow again. This man's throwing the ball at an insane rate, I feel like, just coming to this league. He had another 44 attempts this past Sunday. 31 of 44, and um, no interceptions, two touchdowns. And then uh, they had some really big contributions, the biggest one coming from Tyler Boyd with 10 receptions and 125 yards. And you see uh, Giovanni Bernard, of all people, getting involved in the passing game too right behind him and also T. Higgins. And um, I think I would like to see a little bit more A.J. Green connection be established, get get Joe Burrow and A.J. Green going more and get T. Higgins going more. Um, but he's but he's doing all he can. He took a shot. He took a really big hit in this game, which um, I thought was a cheap shot. And uh, just crazy that these two tied again. It is ridiculous, I think. Um, but just shame on the Eagles. And I think that maybe for the Bengals, this could be looked at positive. You didn't lose a third straight game. But still, um, just, a, just a really weird game. I didn't really get to watch too much of it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, on the first drive of the Philadelphia Eagles, they threw an interception. Um, it just, Carson Wentz does not look like the elite uh, quarterback that everyone thought he was. He had two two interceptions, one touchdown, 225 yards, 29 out of 47. Miles Sanders got it done on the ground, no touchdowns. But the, the receivers, uh, their lead receiver was Greg Ward. Uh, right behind was Zach Ertz. They both had 70 yards. After that was Deontay Burnett, John Hightower, Rich Richard Rogers, and they're all not even plus 20 yards. Excuse me, over 20 yards. I get it. He doesn't really have the receivers there. You have Deshaun Jackson. He had two receptions for 11 yards. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, you guys brought him back, and when he he's not as good as he once was. I get it, but that dude has some big play potential. I just didn't see it there. And then Joe Burrow, uh, he spread the, the rock around, and like you said, T. Higgins had two touchdowns. And I think this guy, like I said, is a, is a mini version of DK Metcalf. Tyler Boyd finally had a big game. Joe Burrow has weapons. It's mm-hmm. really that offensive line. He's getting t- he's taking shots left and right. Um, like me at the bar, dude. He's just taking shots. He's just getting pressured. He just has no time. So I think the Bengals really got to concentrate on offensive line in the draft coming up. I know that's way in the future, but they got to make some moves in the offensive line if they want to protect their future in Joe Burrow because that dude got some bright future. Um, that dude's not throwing picks. That oh, dude let is- me put this stat out there. Um, the the two quarterbacks with the uh, with the least um, inaccuracy, meaning their balls, my God, pause, but the balls that they threw, the footballs that they threw were, um, the most accurate passes this past weekend were Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. The two rookies had the most accurate passes, uh, from according to PM- PFF. PFF have some crazy ads, crazy ads yeah. and weird ass shit. Like you never thought of like the most steps in a drop back or like <laughs> percentage yeah. or percentage, like ding, ding. I don't know how they do, but I love it. I really do. I like all that. Stat I like stuff that's really too, cool. Yeah. So, um, this game was, I think Joe Burrow's bound to get a win. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're coming really together as a team. This tie really shows a lot from um, losing twice. And the Philly Eagles also shows a lot on how they're doing. And in a division where you could literally go negative and still be in, and still be in contention, it's pretty bad. Moving on, 
we're going to be moving on to the San Francisco 49ers and my boy Nick Mullins dropped dropped some bombs um <laughs> dropped a three a three hundred uh three hundred dollar three hundred yard bomb against the New York Giants who only managed to score nine points what's your thoughts on this one yeah um shout out Nick Mullins man because this is a guy that you talked about how you said to start him years ago when he came in for or was it years ago um I think yeah, it was two years now. ago yeah mm-hmm. uh when Nick uh not Nick Foles Jimmy Garoppolo went down the first time and you told me how he balled out and he did it again so they have a really good um, backup in Nick Mullins, and they have to be happy. We were expecting Jarek McKinnon um, to be one of the best fantasy pickups last weekend going against this Giants team, but he didn't really do too much, but he didn't have to. Um, he only had 14 carries and 38. He didn't have a touchdown, so not all of a um, lost cause over there fantasy-wise, but Nick Mullins, man, this guy got everyone involved, and the guys that we were talking about, Brandon Ayuk, Excuse me, I keep, I keep, uh, I just, I just ate. I was watching that presidential debate. That shit was a shit show. Anyway, Brandon Ayuk, uh, he came in and we were waiting for this guy to go off and he did five receptions for 70 yards along with 20. And then Kendrick Bourne, another guy we wanted to step up. So the two guys that we were really looking at eyeing at to step up, uh, really did in a big way. And, uh, New York, look, he had a really tough opponent, the defending champs, um, NFC champs from your conference. They came in and, and they, they really fucked shit up. Um, Daniel Jones, he couldn't get over 200 yards. He had an interception. And, uh, look, Devontae Freeman, he comes in and doesn't do too much. Um, you brought him in. He has huge shoes to fill. And it's it's really impossible to be a running back over there in, in New York, in both, in both New York teams, really. So it's just uh, it's sad that situation is going on over there. Darius Slayton may be the only bright spot on that team right now besides um, Jones with his bright spots. But that's pretty much it. We, we saw this uh, Niners team run, run away with it. And, uh yeah, it was a good it was a good performance to see that they could do this to bad teams because they have a nice schedule, um, an easy kind of stretch right here in that they that they could really survive um, these injuries until Garoppolo and Kittle get back. Yeah, a lot of people underrate Nick Mullins. That dude's a great passer. People are saying he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and we haven't really seen too much of what Jimmy Garoppolo would do, but we know what he can do. But I love Nick Mullins, dude. He dropped a three hundred bomb, um, and a touchdown. And he didn't really have to do much after that. Uh, Brandon Ayoke, uh, he had a great game last week, and he's he's, he's proven to be look like the wide receiver one there behind Kendrick Bourne. And then Jeff Wilson also got in on the passing game and the run game. McKinnon had a touchdown. This 49ers team got some depth offensively, and they didn't have to do too much on defense because the, the Giants are just kind of sorry, and I've been saying that. Devontae Freeman, we thought he was going to have a good game. I was kind of spec- – uh, I was kind of like iffy on it because he, mm-hmm. he knows he's really new to that offense. He only had 10 yards on five carries, averaging two yards per carry. That's pretty bad, but we know what he's capable of. So I'm not, um, I'm not giving it up. It's Get him just, involved in the pass game too. He doesn't have one catch, and I think he could do. He could help out a lot there. I think. For yeah, sure. it's sad when and Daniel Jones was your leading rusher with 49 yards, and behind that yeah. was Wayne Baldwin with seven, and then Deion Lewis only had one carry for zero yards. I know, I get it. They abandoned the the game plan because they're falling behind but still get those guys involved anyways uh, 49ers roll to a win over the Giants anyone that's versing the Giants is going to be easy moving on to the next game which um I had mixed feelings about because I wanted the other team to win but I hate the other team and I just don't like both these teams I fucking hate both of them um the, the I'm talking about the New England Patriots and the Las Vegas the Las Vegas um I almost said Las Oakland the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders um the Patriots won 36 to 20 and they just ran. They just ran away with this. Cam, um, I'll start off this one. Cam Newton, uh, really, uh, people are, I think, are going a little too crazy saying he's a top five quarterback right now. I know number wise, I, I get it. I see where people are coming from. He didn't have the greatest game. Okay, this, let's this name season. our top five quarterbacks real quick. Let's see. 
top five right now, Josh yeah. Allen, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, Matty Ice, Kyler Murray, and then I'll go uh No Mahomes or Lamar? I'll I'll put Mahomes five. Maybe. Him five? <laughs> I'll put him five. No particular order, right? Just, just no, not... that that was my order. Oh my god. Josh well... Allen, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Kyler Murray, Matty Ice, and, and Mahomes right now. That's my top five. I'll probably go Mahomes. Wilson, uh, <laughs> you like Wilson? He's on your list. Yeah, he's Mahomes, number two. Mahomes, Wilson, uh, who's a guy? Okay, I'll put Lamar at third, fourth. I'll Josh put, Allen. Josh Allen, yeah, and then uh, actually third, I'll put Aaron Rodgers, then Lamar, then Josh Allen. Oh shit! You know I put Aaron Rodgers five. You know I put Aaron Rodgers four, drop Matty Ice to five. Lamar, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller, and Mahomes are out of my top five. Unbiased. <laughs> Moving on, Cam Newton only had a touchdown and an, intercep- uh, and an interception on 162 yards, but it was a run game. Sony Michelle, uh, the Raiders simply can't stop the run. Everyone was running the ball. You got Burkhead involved. You got J.J. Taylor. I don't know who the fuck that is. Cam Newton ran. Isaiah, Isaiah Zuber. I don't know who that is. Keneal Harry and Julian Edelman even. I mean, in total, they, they racked up almost uh, close to 250 yards. And um, and this that's what Bill Belichick does. He, gets, he finds out what you – can't stop, and he just does it and then run that defense down to the ground, and that's what they did. And the Raiders kind of just looked kind of, like, dumb. They just looked like they didn't know what was going on. And um, you know when it's bad when John Gruden came and put on a fucking mask, right? So, I mean, like, I, I, I hated both these teams, but I'm, I'm happy that the Patriots won because I have two bets going on right now. If the Patriots win more than eight games, I have to shave my head, and if the Raiders have a better record than the Chargers, I owe my friend $100. So I was just like, I was kind of torn. I was just like, I don't really, fuck it. I mean, I don't want my hair to go, but I also don't want to lose $100. But um, like I said, the Raiders, um, they're shutting down. Uh, I've seen a lot. They're shutting down Darren Waller. He had two receptions on nine yards. He did have four targets, but he they just shut him down. Josh Jacobs got involved. Hunter Renfro was was like the leading uh, receiver with 84 yards. Um, Derek Carr actually didn't throw a pick. It's just It just got too far away from him too quick. And they couldn't recover. What's your thoughts on this one? Okay, I'll t- I'll hit on the Patriots side for a little bit. Um, this is a this is a playoff team, and and if, we'll talk about the Bills game. But shout out to the Bills for winning because if uh, if they didn't win uh, that game and came back, which they kind of got lucky on a PI call, um, they'd be looking at a tie right now with New England's division win in a year that they're supposed to run away with it. But New England is back in it, and. Look, I, I really think they're going to pick up midseason a wide receiver or another weapon for Cam Newton. It's going to happen very soon. Wouldn't be surprised. New England's the type of team to to say, fuck it, we're going to sign Antonio Brown. Like, they're they're that team. They're, I feel like that could really – the Patriots? Them. Yeah, New England. I think that – look, didn't, that, didn't they already try Antonio Brown? They, they did, but I feel like they'll bring him back. I feel like it's like a Josh Gordon type of deal, you know, um, because they're seeing uh... – look, if, they, if they're seeing how well they could score like this – um, just through the ground, I think that they know um, Bill Belichick's a smart guy. Look, you, you get one more weapon on that side, and um, I see New England being a contender, really do. Look, you, you you shut down an offense that I think is for real in the Raiders. I think that the Raiders have something going on over there. Um, not premier talent over there, not a premier offense like the Chiefs, but they're cooking something up, and it's, it's kind of dangerous. And seeing what Darren Waller did two weeks ago and seeing how he just got completely neutralized and then also seeing how Josh Jacobs had one of his lowest outputting games this season so far, um, really only 16 carries for 71 yards, like that's not enough for sure. That's, that's definitely getting away from your game plan. And um, Bill Belichick did it again, but as um, – Props to the Raiders for, you know, uh, just getting this far. I feel like no one thought that they could be 
this far along with our offense. But I think that it proves to show that New England is still the team that you're going to have to deal with if you want to go to the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> I'm just concerned that they're going to do something this year again. Maybe not Super Bowl, but they're going to fuck shit up for some team. I could tell already. I'm not concerned at all. Not one Six bit. more games. Six more I, wins. I know. Fuck, I know. I'm, I'm concerned about that. I think they might even get eight wins. Um, I'm gonna I'm re, re-listen to the podcast. I, I might have said nine. Did I say nine, or is that me just hoping I, I did think say you nine? said they won't win more than eight. So you have to. You, you you're. I think eight. I said I gave them. I gave them nine. I think I'll say I'll give them nine because Julian okay. brought it up. Okay. So <laughs> I gotta I gotta revise that part. But moving on, um, like I said, I'm not concerned about the Patriots. Um, Cam Newton, the way uh, I think I don't want to say this, but I think he's gonna run into. Uh, he's just gonna get hit hard. I, he he needs to contain himself in the pot. He could run, I get it, but sometimes he takes those risks. And I know he, it's for beneficial for the team, but he really got to look out for his own health. I want Cam to succeed. I, I'm not a hater, trust me. I, like I said, the only thing I hate about him is the way he posts it on, on social media. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a fucking brain aneurysm. I swear to God. But this guy needs to just be careful because that's not what happened mm-hmm. in in, in uh, Carolina, and he paid for it, and that's why he was out for so long. But I love Cam Newton. I love the story. Um. I just I think they're gonna slow down pretty soon. Um, moving on to this game that was actually pretty close, and um, I got a chance to, to look at this one. The three and O Titans won the O and three Minnesota Vikings. Well, now it's, the, the score was thirty one to thirty, and Gokowski was on the ball ever since he stopped wearing that sock. He probably left it on the um, <laughs> on the door <laughs> on the door or in the trash can, if you know what I mean. So he got rid of that sock, and he's looking good. He hit another game winner, but this game was was interesting to me because I thought the Tennessee Titans defense was going to um, digress because of uh, Logan Ryan not being there. But uh, I didn't know they had two picks, Jonathan Joseph, who I didn't, if that's the Jonathan, that's the Jonathan Joseph from the Texans, right? That's that veteran. Is I that think so, yeah. Huh? And then um, Imani Hooker, not Malik or not the hooker from the uh, pause, <laughs> not the guy from the Colts. Uh, because his name is Hooker too, but Malcolm Brown, I forgot about him. He had two in total. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pass deflections. They were all over Kirk Cousins, and he could have had the Titans could have had more than just two interceptions. But and then uh, uh, just how talented the offense of Derrick Henry finally showed what he could do. We already know what he can do, but this was his first breakout game of the year. It, I was waiting for it, and plus he had, I have him on fantasy. I won by like thirty-seven points. Who are you talking Not about? Uh, Derrick Henry. Oh, he, he finally had a good game. Four point six yards on the ground. Twenty uh, uh, average. Twenty six attempts on one hundred and nineteen yards with two touchdowns. That he's a goal line monster. And then we've seen the emergence of this guy named Ratliff Raymond. He had three receptions on one hundred and eighteen yards. Um, I don't know that average, but that is pretty good. That's like thirty something yards per average. Yeah, thirty nine. I think thirty eight. Thirty nine mm-hmm, yards. Uh, and and um, I really didn't see too much. I think AJ Brown was injured again, or I didn't know. He's not anywhere near on the stat list, but Corey Davis got involved. Jonu Smith, Adam Humphreys, like they have a talented roster. Aaron, um, Ryan Tannehill didn't even have to throw uh, a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but Gokowski, I believe, had five field goals, including the game winner. So uh, I think they need to execute a little bit more. The Vikings, I was actually kind of surprised that the Vikings stopped them so much. They held them to field goals because, like I said, that defense is a little shaky. A lot of new personnel there, like eight new players and new. Like it's just, it's just a shit show. And um, Dalvin Cook got 181 yards. Yeah, big guy. One. 8.2 yards per carry. That and then Justin Jefferson, who who you sat and if you would have played him, you probably would have won your yeah. game because you lost by like two points or a little bit more. 
He had 175 yards. I'm so glad to see him flourish. Um, and Adam Thielen struggling, give it to Justin Jefferson, dude. That dude's a monster, and um, I'm really happy to see him succeed. Close game. The Vikings almost had it, um, but they're improving. I think this was it, uh, like silver lining. They did a good job on defense, holding up all those field goals, and their offense is picking up. Once Adam Thielen gets going on, you know, he could catch for 100 yards for nine games straight. He did that a couple years ago. And then you got Jeff Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, that offense could be scary. I think they just need a little bit more time. What do you think? Yeah, um, okay, a lot to unpack there, but I think you hit it right on the nose. Starting with Goskowski, we were all, that was a big story after week one. Should they drop this guy? Well, you know what? Mike, Mike Rabel, man, I think he, I, I said it afterwards. I thought he did the right move by, um, by just being behind his player, and I think that was the right move, and it paid off, and he hit six field goals. That's amazing, amazing. And then um, this Titans team, you know what? Another close game, another tough-fought game. The Vikings hit him with their best shot. They really did. And when this Vikings team is, um, you know, meshing together and actually at the best of their game, they could be something to wreck with. Um, Dalvin Cook with almost 200 total yards. We were calling out Dalvin Cook. I called him out um, and Adam Thielen on the Fantasy Podcast. Those were my sleepers last week because I knew that these guys had to get more involved. They had to get Dalvin Cook involved in order to have any chance to win the rest of these games. And it was so obvious, but they couldn't get it done. They lost by one point in a brutal way. And um, a, a game where, you know what, this this could have been a turnaround, a turning point for the season. One and two isn't a death wish, but 0-3 basically is. And I think that they have a huge hole to climb out of. I'm not sure if they can make the playoffs at all, even in a 17 seeding. NFC North, you got the juggernaut in the Packers over there, and so, um, and then you have a you have another team that the frauds over there in the Bears three and zero as well. So it's tough, man. It's tough for this Vikings team to just lose this way. I think your season is capped, um, but you do have a really big bright future in Justin Jefferson. It's great to see Dalvin Cook getting again, getting it going again for the second year in a row after, you know, he's been battling injuries beforehand, but now he's he's, he's healthy and he's showing that he could be the perennial talent. Um, each year and out. And then also, um, just last note for the Titans, you know, we know we have Ryan Tannehill. He got the ball out a lot. No touchdowns, though, which is kind of weird. Um, but they got it down to the ground, really, and then interception. But they come out on top. They find a guy that could emerge as a really great wide receiver three once um, um, Brown comes back. And then Khalif Raymond, Corey. So, yeah, and Khalif Raymond and then Corey Davis and John Smith. So, yeah, you're right. They do have a squad here, and I'm, I'm excited to see what this uh, what this year takes in the Titans? Yeah, uh, excited to see. I feel bad for the Vikings. Um, it's just every year, some it's something. You know, it's always something with them. Uh, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, who's the first time they're actually positive in probably like thirteen years. Um, that's just not even a fact, but that probably is. Um, they won the Washington sports team twenty to thirty four, and um, there's there's a lot of uh, rumors and a lot of chatter that Dwayne Haskins is on the hot seat right now. Uh, 224 yards, two touchdowns, but three picks. You just cannot you cannot win a ball game if you throw three picks. Um, Antonio Gibson got in there for a touchdown. Uh, Terry McLaurin is doing what he's doing. Uh, Dontrell Inman, this fucking guy. Hey. You're a Charger fan. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not even mad that this guy is doing good. Like, a lot of Charger fans are like, man, look at him showing up. Like, I don't even care. Like, we held on to this guy way too long. I'm happy for him. He's doing great. He found a team where he's a, like he could start, you know, he could shine. But I'm not sad 
I'm not mad. I'm like, I don't really care. Cause like I was so, I can't believe he made the cut last year. There's so much great talent, young guys. And he made the cut over them. I just, I'm kind of over it. You know, mm-hmm. that's just me being a charger friend, but the Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield really didn't have to do much because of the boy, Nick Chubb. And who, who, who did Julian said to sit Nick Chubb or cream hunt? I think he said both. Like there's the, the Browns running backs in general. Oh, yeah. Well, he, Nick Chubb, balled out on the ground, 108 yards, two touchdowns, not so much through the air. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a touchdown. And also, there's a new OBJ uh, on the Browns, and it's Kareem Hunt. He one-handed a great catch. Um, I don't even like mentioning OBJ at all, really, because I don't like him. I very, I dislike <laughs> him very much. But um, Kareem Hunt still, still in that spotlight, and OBJ um, staying really under under. Uh, underperforming this year, 59 yards on four catches. They didn't really have to do much because they had it on the ground. Cream Hunt had 46 yards. Cleveland Browns are positive for the first time in a thousand years. What do you think about this one? Yeah, um, you know what? Another good 30-plus point outing from the Browns. And if you could get more turnovers like this, that's just great. Um, it's not going to happen every week, though, especially with Dwayne Haskins. Him being on the hot seat could be interesting development. I don't know how they feel inside about it. I haven't watched too many Washington, but it's like there's not really – if these are bad interceptions, I have to go back and watch the tape. But if these are bad interceptions, then I understand why they're, they may be calling him to to go back. But um, might be a little bit too early. It's like it's like you know what you're working with in Washington. You know this kid doesn't have the best opportunity to go on there. Um, I think they have something though in Antonio Gibson that I think that he could be um, stepping it up week after week. He, he looks like he's going to be the guy that that gets it down near the goal line each and every time. And he's he's like almost a touchdown a week, I think, for the past two or three weeks. So that's good to see. And then um, just Cleveland, let's just see, keep it up. Jarvis Landry seems to be getting a little bit more involved too. I would like to see that. And Austin Hooper a little bit more. But uh, look, they didn't have to do too much and they just got an easy victory against a bad team. This next game gave me fucking anxiety because this was before the Charger game and I'm in my hotel at 12 o'clock or whatever, a ten, this was a 10 o'clock game. So like 1130, I'm already, I'm already fucked up. My dad forced me. Break. <laughs> I was, I was tore up when this game was happening. And I text you, I was like, look at the bills. And it oh, was yeah. 28-3. And I was like, look at the bills are going to win. Cause you're talking that mad shit. After I sent that text, I oh, think yeah. the fucking Rams heard <laughs> yeah. me or fucking hacked into my fucking phone and fucking almost came back to win the bills got finessed on this interception this bullshit ass call that croft caught the ball and he had possession of it but it was mm-hmm. pi but they gave the ball to him they got pretty much and then josh allen got a personal foul because um aaron donald fucking almost rko'd his ass from his face mask and he almost got disqualified which would have really pissed me off but the bills came out and won 35 32 i thought they choked the, the bills defense just lost after that interception Pretty much lost all momentum, and it went downhill. But the Bills came out and won. And um, my boy Josh Allen, uh, he was he was balling out. Um, he did have his first pick of the end of the season, but he did have ten touchdowns in ten quarters of the season. That's insane. Daryl Henderson though was on the ground just beating that that Buffalo Bills um, Buffalo Bills uh, D. But like I said, Josh Allen <laughs> four touchdowns. Pause. Sorry. Beating down the, the the Bills defense, pause. It's, too, it's, it's, it's late, guys. It's late. Uh, but Josh Allen did have four touchdowns and only one interception, and that's the MVP right now. He he is underrated. 
he right there with Russell Wilson for MVP, but, I, but my boy Kyler Murray is going to sneak up and grab it because that's my prediction. But what do you think about this? They almost the Bills almost imploded, but they kept it together. Yeah, a furious comeback that almost happened, and I never seen a momentum swing. I don't think it was that after that big. interception. Yeah, and after, it was after that because I texted you, and then the mm-hmm. interception happened, and it went downhill from there. Yeah, and I I down I shotgunned a Mitchell a Mitchell Loeb with my dad because <laughs> I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah, um. Yeah, that that interception was not an interception. I w- I would say that, and I think that um, how, I don't know how you can make that call. That was just terrible. And how can you go to replay and and say that that was that was a fail, Mary? It was in all in all honesty a fail, Mary. Um, I thought the fix was in. Um, and then uh, you saw Jared Goff and this Rams team just score like instantaneously, quick, quickly. Each drive was so quick, uh, and they were scoring as fast as they needed to be. But we have to give Josh Allen all the credit in the world, and he's definitely making a case for him to be MVP because of his resiliency and his way to come back. Because I thought that this game was slipping out of his hands. I even texted you back. I don't know if you yeah. remember yeah, Josh Al- Josh asphyxiation Allen because I thought that they were choking this game away. But um, I do think also the PI at the end was very questionable, but it could have been a makeup call for that interception because they don't deserve to lose that way. That was so bad, and um. He came back and he finds a wide open receiver in in the end zone and it was a it was a dramatic victory for Buffalo. Yeah, I mean I'm sure Bills Mafia was just going crazy at home, breaking tables like oh, they yeah. always do. Um, they got something to celebrate over there with Josh Allen though. He's he's leading this team to victory and this was a good team they faced. The Rams are are no joke and I think that um, this is a learning lesson too for the Rams. That they could uh they could build upon that they have to really get out to a better lead they can't be slacking against uh good teams against solid and well coached teams like the Buffalo Bills and um, I think it was just a little bit too late for that comeback and you can't get off to that start anyway being down twenty eight three that's 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 terrible that's unacceptable so um, shout out to the Bills though uh, I think we have something exciting going on over there in Buffalo and I think that Buffalo fans deserve it yeah um. The Rams are capable of scoring. We all know that. Slow start. They switched the momentum. That defense showed up. But I just want to read you Josh Allen's three games in stat line. He's 71.1 completion rate. He's 58.2 in the career. He has 1,038 yards, 10 touchdowns, and one interception, and a QBR of 124.8. That is fucking insane, especially the Buffalo Bills team. Um, I think a lot of people will take away that interception, too. Yeah, I, I don't even count that. He has 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions to me. I'm, I'm blind. I, I don't see that one. There's a bat zero there. But the but I'm, I'm the Rams, could they, they're exciting. I mean, they lost Todd Gurley, and Daryl Henderson is coming up. I thought Cam Akers will be more involved. He can't stay healthy on the field. So um, I'm real excited to see this Rams team and where they go, even though they're I think they're 2-1 and one now. But mm-hmm. uh, um, it's exciting. And the Buffalo Bills, I, I'm going to keep a close eye on them, especially Josh Allen. Moving on to this next game that pretty much – just man, just really summed up the Atlanta Falcons season. Oh, Three man. straight chokes. Uh, twenty. They were up twenty six. What was it? Twenty six ten. I'm not. Yeah, because it was a fifteen point yep. deficit. Um, and Nick, big Dick Nick Foles comes in and fucking Woo. comes back and scores three touchdowns. Oh, he did have an interception, but I don't. I don't care about that. But they benched Mister Bisky. His his press conference said oh, it was kind of out of nowhere. Like bitch. What? <laughs> like, you look at the score. You're going to tell me uh, his job security is – I think he's done. Nick Foles came back 15 points down and came back in one. I know it's against the London Falcons, and this is, like, their new trend is them choking. <laughs> and I really feel bad for uh, – uh, is it Dan Quinn? Yeah. 
but they're saying his job is still there. I just feel bad for the dude. You see him like physically frustrated on the sideline. Like you can see it. And like, I'm getting frustrated for him too. Cause this is hot Atlanta right now. And right now they're cold Atlanta right now. And Chicago bears are three, you know, um, I, I don't know how they're doing it really. It's kind of confusing to me. You know, I'm, <laughs> scratching, I'm scratching my head right now, but uh, Mitch Trubisky was the leading rusher for 45 yards only on one rush. Uh, Allen Robinson showed out 123 yards. Jimmy Graham is proving that he can still be in the league. 60 yards, two touchdowns, and Anthony Miller. So those three guys, those are with the right quarterback, Nick Foles. Um, they could be dangerous. And then Tar Cohen, sad news, he did tear his ACL. I dropped him from my fantasy. David Montgomery has to step up, and then they're probably going to throw a little bit more Cartel Patterson in there because he's kind of like a wide receiver, runner back type. But uh, is this Brown? Is this a question I have? Is this Bears team for real, or is it? the circumstances that happen like they just versus two bad teams and then the Falcons what what do you think it is with Trubisky at the helm they're definitely nothing but there's something interesting going on Nick Foles that first interception I think it was the first drive that he got put in so uh he and bounces back with three straight touchdowns and leads a comeback victory a furious one at that and um you you see what they're having on offense if that Allen Robinson connection could keep going I want to see could get Cordell Patterson in there more um, through the air. I think that he's a little bit underrated um, as far as his ability as a wide receiver. I think he could really stretch the field. And uh, we want to see David Montgomery going on, but a quarterback can change an offense. We see it. It can make it night and day. And um, the Bears, I think, are the biggest fluky um, 3-0 team. But if you could still play defense, play defense like you played this past Sunday and limit a guy like Matt Ryan of to 19 of 38, 227 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Sack him twice for um, 11 yards lost. Like, look, if you could disrupt Atlanta's passing attack, you could disrupt a passing attack like that in this league. There's something to be said that this team can do something further on later down the line. And um, they, I think they could pose an interesting matchup against the, the Packers of all teams. I think that they could do that um, and uh, make a, a case for – a division uh, showdown later on down the line as the season goes on. 3-0 is a really, really good start for right now if you're a Bears fan, um, just for what's going on. So we have to see what Big Dick Nick can do. I'm so excited BDN's back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're going to see what this offense could do for moving forward. If you're Atlanta, what else can we say, though? Uh, Calvin Ridley's still going off, but – That defense, man. That yeah, defense. Yeah, you, you, give up, you give up to this Bears team um, – Look, if, if Nick Foles ends up being that MVP Super Bowl Nick Foles, then it is what it is. Like, you lost to a good player. But, look, you're the first team to go down, and you're going down quickly. Your sh- your season's gone. Um, I think Dan Quinn, as far as my thoughts on this, I think it is his last season. I don't think he could be safe. I don't see how he could be safe, honestly. If he chokes one more time, um, I, I think midseason he's Well, how could, how could he uh, save his job, do you think? I think he's gone regardless, whatever yes, happens. Uh, playoffs. But he's wow. that. But that, yeah, that's a stretch. That's that's a stretch right there. Um, moving on to a team that I think is just fucking just terrible, and and I'm gonna just name off these players after I introduce them. The New York Jets are 0 and 3, and they lost to the Colts. They um um they kind of sorry, this someone's texting me. It's fucking me all up. Uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts uh, scored 36, and we even seen Jacoby Brisket in there for a little bit. But these Jets receivers, uh, Sam Darnold threw for 17 times um, out of 29, 168 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. But these are the receivers he has. Braxton Berrios, Kenan Ball, as we know him, Lawrence Cager, 
uh, Ryan Griffin and LaMichael Premier, and then you got Frank Gore, Chris Herring, and Kenan Ballage. Uh, I, it just this offense is just it's just sad. It really is. It really saddens me how bad this offense is. And Frank Gore not really doing much. The Colts didn't have to do too much on the ground or or the air. It was kind of a boring game. Um, that's really all I gotta say about this one. Yeah, um, Sam Darnold, man. I, I mean, what can I say about this one either? Look, you're you're on a dying team. I feel so bad for you. I'm so sorry. And uh, it's depressing to be a Jets fan, really. I, I, I follow a few other podcasts, and one of them has a Jets fan on there. And yeah, I'm just. It's like, what can you what can you do? It's it's depressing each and every single week. You have um, a dinosaur and Frank Gore being your lead rusher, and the um the only recognizable names in your receiving core to me are Kalen Ballage and uh, Chris Hogan. So. I'm really lost on this Jets team. Um, how did how did it, how did it get this bad? We need like one of those like timeline like shits on how the fuck we got this far as um as a Jets organization. Um, and then other side of the ball, other team, Indianapolis Colts. Philip Rivers gets his 400th touchdown, and he's uh, creeping up and right behind Dan Marino with I think he's behind like by 20 or so touchdowns. Yeah, uh, he should be on track and should be finishing the year off. Going ahead of Dan Marino, so uh, I think it's just more more cases for Philip to go to the Hall of Fame, and then another back to back week where we saw um, I think it was back to back. I'm not sure. Uh, Moali Cox with another nice outputting. Um, he was the only touchdown reception from Rivers and T.Y. Hilton going off, and then also Jonathan Taylor. Another solid performance by the Colts, who uh, didn't have to do too much to win this game, and uh, yeah, just just a good game for them, I guess. <laughs> uh, moving on to a game where I almost predicted the score right. Uh, the Seahawks won 38-31. to I thought it was going to be 35-38, so I was only off by four points. But Russell Wilson, um, like you said, MVP contention, five touchdowns. He would have had six if DK Metcalf didn't fucking showboat. And, yeah. and I have DK Metcalf. Um, you know, he's a youngin. You know, he, he got to learn, and he did learn. Tyler Lockett, though, man, that, we keep, I keep on forgetting about this guy. Three mm-hmm, touchdowns, a hundred yards, solid. Greg Olson was in the mix. Sixty-one. I had Greg Olson, and I think I had Chris Carson, and I had another. I think I had DK Metcalf too. I had I had three uh, Seahawks in my DraftKings. I ended up losing that one, Sad Boy Three Thousand. But Russell Wilson, dude, you just can't stop him. And Dak Prescott, uh, four hundred seventy-two yards. He did have two interceptions. You got to clean up those mistakes if he wants to win. Ezekiel only. Elliott only had 34 yards. Uh, Cowboy Twitter is just fucking roasting him. He has one bad game, and they fucking toast his ass. But we've seen uh, Gallup with 138 yards. Uh, Ched Wilson, I don't know who this guy is, but 100 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, Cedric Wilson. Uh, C.D. Lamb is still seeking. Um, I think, has he got a touchdown yet? If I'm not mistaken, he hasn't, right? I don't think he has yet. Let me check for you. He's still seeking for that. Amari Cooper, 86 yards. I mean, a lot of these receivers played a big part. Um, I think this was more on Dak Prescott and um, turning the ball over. But um, Seahawks are letting anyone and everyone pass all over them. So this Seahawks defense definitely got to clean it up. But what do you think about this one? Yeah, another shootout, another big offensive game for the Seahawks. Um, look, they, they're not winning by a lot, but they're they're playing some good teams. And uh, they're they're just playing amazing football on the offensive side of the ball. I can't. Stress it enough, DK Metcalf seems to be an unstoppable force when he's uh, playing 100% effort each time. But, um, yeah, like, the only way you're going to stop this kid is if he fucks up, right? And so, like, just seeing that, Tyler Lockett, but Greg Olsen is a bright spot because I was really roasting the Seahawks for getting Greg Olsen at this stage in his career. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing there? You just get a guy in Jimmy Graham 
um, which Jimmy Graham's putting, p- proving me wrong over there in the Bears. But um, I was like, you just got Jimmy Graham past his prime out of out of uh, New Orleans, and you and you bring him into the Seattle offense. And he doesn't do much, and then you're doing the same exact thing, Greg Olson, taking him out of uh, the Panthers' hands and uh, putting him on this team past his prime. But if you can get production out of these guys, squeeze every last little drop of production out of it. I don't care. Uh, you still have Russell Wilson playing out of his motherfucking mind. I don't see a team really stopping the Seattle team yet um, because I think that they could win against every single team. I really I really do believe that. Maybe the Packers could make it interesting. But um, now going to the Cowboys, look, you have such great weapons and such a good thing going on on offense. But you're one and two because you can't figure out to stop any other team. And and uh, if things got to clean up quickly. Um, they've lost. They, I know they've um, suffered to injuries especially on the defensive, uh, defensive side on linebacking core. And that's really where the Cowboys have always had their play callers on defense. They've always had the guy, their quarterback on defense is their linebackers. So um, I feel for them, but they got to adjust quickly if you want to have any chance of, uh, of making some noise in the playoffs, giving your offense a chance to win win some nice games. Yeah, um, the, the Cowboys' talent is there. Uh, they suffered on defense, but the Seahawks, I think they really got to clean up that defense because they're letting anyone and everyone uh, pass all over them, but Russell Wilson is belling them out every game. Moving on to a, a very unf- uh, uneventful game, really. Um, I really feel bad for this Denver Broncos. They lost 10 to 28. They only managed to score once, um, one touchdown and one field goal. They're 0 3 versus Tom Brady's 28 or uh, 2 and 1. Uh, Tom Brady didn't have to do much. Jeff Driscoll, uh, I believe he got injured. He had a touchdown interception there. Starting Brett Ripon, uh, he, would, he got in late in the game and he's going to be their starter next week. Uh, yeah, Brett Ripon. Mm-hmm. I said that correct. Melvin Gordon wasn't in the mix. Uh, you you signed this guy, overpay this this fucking dude, and you're not even utilizing him. Um, I he is he is talented, not for the money that you guys paid him, but he you got to utilize him. Jerry Judy had only had 55 yards. Tim Patrick 43. KJ Hamler, who we thought we were gonna have a good game, only had 30. Noah Fan 46 yards. Like no receiver over 60. It was just it was just a sad day to be a Bronco fan. And then Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette didn't really do much, but Scotty Miller, like this game was just like overall really uneventful and I'm not really exciting because the Denver Broncos team is just really sorry this year. Yeah, you're not going to run on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, so it really takes away your running running backs out of the game plan completely and with a second string and now a third string quarterback that came into this game, it's no surprise the outcome, but you still had some nice uh, participation, I guess, from your wide receivers and your wide receiving core, which is good. You know, these guys, meaning they could Regardless of the quarterback, they can still get something going. But it isn't going to be enough. And um, this Tampa Bay team that we know could run it up uh, did it this past weekend against the Broncos. And they're now 2-1. and one. And um, seeing what the Saints are doing in that division, I think they're they're looking at it and saying, hey, we could win this now. Um, we're off to a solid start. Ronald Jones um, also, I think I want to bring this up, really took over as the RB1. So I'm really confused what's going on over there. It felt like exactly. Leonard- That's why I don't like them in fantasy. I, mm-hmm. I'm, we're back and forth every single week with them. Yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, which sucks for me because I have Ronald Jones, but Leonard Fournette. And uh, I thought he, I thought that he won the position last week and it felt like that was a consensus around the league, but I guess not. And so these, it's really inconsistent over there, but it is going to be the passing attack. You got Scotty Miller going off for three catches, 83 yards. Uh, so if you don't really need Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to go off, uh, then that's a plus. Also, Rob Gronkowski over there, he um, he's getting involved too. So this is a, this is an interesting development now. I've, I've been doubting the Buccaneers and their offense, but they're proving me that they can still do something. Um, so week to week, they're going to have a tough task, though, this week going against the Chargers and that secondary. 
Yeah, I can't wait to. Uh, we already talked about that, but I can't wait for that game. Um, just uneventful. I'm, uh, the Broncos are just a lost cause. They're they're in the same category as the Jets and Giants fighting for that first overall pick. Moving on to a game that really upsetted everyone's. <laughs> we always had we had the Cardinals winning this game, but the Lions. And I was actually watching this game with the Lion fans straight from Detroit. Motherfucker looked like Eminem. Like this guy is, <laughs> was from Detroit. Like he was the most Detroit looking dude ever. Um, Detroit won 26-23, and it was mostly because Kyler Murray, and I have him as an MVP. Um, not every player could play great. Um, he just had – he just I think he just had a bad game. Three interceptions, 270. Uh, both both quarterbacks threw for 270 and two touchdowns, but Kyler Murray had that third interception. Uh, D-hop, doing D-hop shit, 130 yards. Andy Isabella, I liked him last year as a rookie. He really showed he could do things. Two touchdowns only on four catches on 47 yards. But the Lions, man, uh, they really showed up. And I think Kyler Murray, I think they underestimated the Lions a little. A lot of people did. And I think Kyler Murray was just getting a little cocky with the ball, and that's why he threw three interceptions. But uh, AP got it done on the ground, 75 yards. Galladay, got to see him have a touchdown. I have him. And then Jesse James, who I forgot was even in the league, uh, tight end got a touchdown too. But Matthew Stafford looked good, the best probably all season. No mistakes. Um, this this Lion team was pretty much mistake-free. So uh, what's your analysis on this? I think this is just a hiccup for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, really. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. A hiccup for sure in his young career. You still have great production out of all these guys looking at the box score. So nothing to really worry about as far as your offensive side of the ball. Um, yes, I'll put that, knock on wood. I, I really like seeing this Cardinals team. They're exciting on offense, and they're still 2-1. and one. You know, um, you dropped the ball. You should have won this game for sure. You should be 3-0. and oh. And everyone should be turning their heads and looking at you. But this this uh, this game kind of takes you out of the national spotlight, which could be good for a young team. The Lions team now, I'm, I'm really confused what's going on over here because I'm like, this this is a game that should, they should have lost. They get away with some interceptions. Um, I wasn't watching this game, so you could tell me about these interceptions, if they were bad or not. But, yeah, they get some turnovers. And um, they you're right, it's just a game that, like, everyone expects for a certain team to come out, but just doesn't go that way. And um, I don't know, maybe there was a lot of money over there going to Vegas towards the Cardinals, and they just said, fuck it, we're going to get this, and I don't know. But I'm just kidding. But, yeah, uh, one thing I will say is Matthew Stafford getting Kenny Galladay involved. Galladay I have so much respect for, and also TJ Hawkinson's getting getting there too. I think that those are the most consistent players coming out of this Detroit Lions team, and uh, which could be a lock in fantasy each, uh, each week, but also just what they could count on and what they could look forward to. And so is Adrian Peterson kind of. He's – He's been uh, consistently getting some nice 70-yard games. I don't think he had one last week, but week one he definitely did. So um, some production coming out of AP, which is great, always great to see. Yeah, uh, Lions team kind of changed my mind a little bit on how they are because the Cardinals are a great team. Um, I think it was a bad game for the Cardinals, and I think the Lions got a big break. Moving on to this game, um, who we all predicted that the Packers would win. They won 37-30. Uh, Saints dropped one and two. Um, they, they lost two straight um, without um, Michael Thomas. And then Green Bay just still is just killing it with whoever. They, whoever they got, they can still make it happen, even without Devontae Adams. But Drew Brees, um, he didn't have a bad game. It was mostly because Alvin Kamara saved his ass, really, on the ground and through the air. Like we predicted, you got without Michael Thomas, they really run the ball and catch. The, uh, he was the leading re- receiver with 139 yards and two touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders got a touchdown, but the other receivers didn't really do too much. And then... The Taysom, the Taysom Hill fumble that pretty much lost the game for him. They tried to get too too tricky, and pretty much lost the game for them. And then Green Bay Packers, Alan Lazard, the Lizard Man, that's why I like calling him, 
uh, really showed up 146 yards in the touchdown. Aaron Jones, 69 yards. Yes, sir. And a touchdown. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, no interceptions. Uh, he's just looking good. This Green Bay team is dangerous, and um, the Saints are declining. And I think you're the one who said that Drew Brees is declining. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to put the, I want to say that, but he definitely needs his, uh, his boy back in Mike Thomas. They look, they're struggling without mm-hmm. him. It really shows the impact Mike, Michael Thomas does. Yeah, um, I'll give some props to Drew Brees for having a nice bounce back game, but it's just there's no vertical threat from Drew Brees right now. There's there's nothing that that is scary about him stretching out the field. It's it's about it's about getting the receivers to run these go outs, clear out routes, and just getting some space for Alvin Kamara right now to make a move. That's how I feel like this is the the Saints offense operating right now, which is fine, but you just can't gloss over the fact that that it's not the same uh, just scary offense down that's going down the field that's going to make you pay big time. And um, Emmanuel Sanders had a little little uh, it was like his coming out party. Like I, I forgot this guy was on this team, so he had a little bit of a show. But it's just too late getting these guys involved. You know, I I, I need to see more of it way more earlier in the game. Uh, get Jared Cook also involved. I know you like Traquan Smith. There's some nice playmakers on this team. And you know what? I don't fault the Packers for giving up uh, 30 points to the Saints because the Saints always do play well in their Superdome. Uh, just the Packers, man, they just keep on rolling, keep on doing their thing. Emergence of Alan Lazard. Um, I mean, he's been there, but this is like one of his best games I've ever seen him play. So hopefully he could build upon that. And uh, if he does, it's just going to be, be even more scary for this Packers team. Yeah, this Packers team is looking real scary. Um um, I think I'm going to be the Packers for Halloween because that's how scary they are. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the Monday night game, um, I labeled this the the most uh, overrated quarterback game. And um, I was right on one side. Patty Mahomes is going to do Patty Mahomes things. Um, he's still out of my top five. I think that's extremely unbiased. But uh, <laughs> he had two, 385 yards and a, four touchdowns. And um, they really depleted the Ravens defense. I thought the Ravens defense were really going to step up. But um, Patty Mahomes, they didn't have no answer for Patty Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, overrated, only had 97 yards and 83 on the ground. Really just trying to do the most, but just didn't. It was just not working. J.K. Dobbins was the leading receiver with 38. And then you got Mark Andrews with 22. Marquise Brown with 13. Mike Boykin with 8. And the rest are 4, 5, and 7. Like, that's pretty bad when your leading receivers are runner back and it's 38 yards. Um, the, the the run game was established, but um, they just gonna get it done through the air. And I I gotta give this Chiefs defense credit, and I usually shit on them, but their their defensive back stepped up and really kind of uh, con- uh, like kept them from throwing it a lot. And he only had seven ninety seven yards, and um, I think Lamar Jackson is personally overrated. Um, but Clyde Clyde on the other side has eighty six uh, sixty eight yards sixty four yards. Jesus Christ, so much numbers. Um, but the receivers on the Chiefs did got it done, and they got the dub, and they're 3-0, and and uh, Ravens fall for 2-1. Is this a big problem for the Ravens, or is this versus a good team? What do you think it is? Okay, that's a great question. I think the problem here for the Ravens is that the fact that if you're not winning the game, it seems like your whole game plan just flies out the window, and you're going to be facing the Chiefs in the playoffs. If I believe that the Ravens are a playoff team. And if you think you're going to go to the Super Bowl, which I predicted, and um, you got to have better – game plan when you're behind it that's it's just simple and and why is there why are they struggling and it's because their offense loves to run the ball but when they don't and they're behind and they have to get away from that they're just not as good as they are um running the ball as far as throwing it i mean 
Look, you take a look at what Lamar did this game, and he did amazing on the ground. But it all came very early. This those yards, and and it, um, I don't think he had. He didn't go for over a hundred yards in this game passing the ball, and he missed some great throws. He missed some wide open receivers that that wide open touchdown throws, huge ones down the field, and you could get some really big plays against this Kansas City Chiefs defense. And uh, he just flat out missed it. And uh, I think that he's definitely overrated in that sense. He hasn't really grown as a passer yet in this league. And and you know what? That's going to cost you in the end. And that's where he's overrated a little bit and where this offense is just become stagnant and a little bit boring. 20 points in this this league is not that is not that much anymore. You know, this they're, they're, the score is going up and up. And I think the average score um, that, that gets posted every week is going up. So this is a concern a little bit for the Ravens because I think they could play and have the lead a lot. But but if you want to if you want to be having that Super Bowl and Lombardi, Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year, you got to be a better passing team. And and um, this is not something that I think Lamar can just fix throughout the season. Like a passing inaccuracy is something that has to be done throughout the off season. So I'm I'm very concerned so much for this Ravens team. And um, on the other side of the ball, Chiefs. I don't have to say too much. Um, you you put a cap on a really electrifying Ravens team that didn't that wanted you know what they want to do and they couldn't do it so they definitely deserve a lot of props to for doing that. Yeah, uh, I could see the Ravens struggling a little bit more. Uh, they really got to get in the air. I think Lamar Jackson could be a great passer, but he's doing. I really think he's just doing the most. I don't even really think he deserves the MVP, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, I just not, I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I'm not sold on him. Really, or Patty Mahomes? Really, I think that's. I think that's. I'm a little biased on that one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little biased. But um, <laughs> um, I thought it was gonna be a better game, but the Ra- the Chiefs kind of just ran away with it. So uh, we're gonna see how this Raven team can they bounce back? Uh, they always usually do. They're a tough defensive team. Um, I can see them bouncing back, but you cannot um, advance in the playoffs, which the Ravens haven't, based on how they're playing. Their defense usually gets the job done. It's always, it seems it always comes down to the offense. And um, that's why I think uh, Lamar Jackson is a little overrated. But there you go. We recapped every single game in the uh, in this last week. Uh, a lot of uh, – I know we, we, we predicted them pretty wrong. I almost went negative. Um, I was only positive by one game. So uh, it was pretty bad. But, uh, Lucas, where can they find you on social media? All right, guys, you can find me on Twitter at SugarFreeLucas. We'll, you can see my, my profile picture. We'll have the tweets up for this podcast where you can interact and enter our giveaway, which ends in two days uh, or maybe tomorrow. I don't know if it's the 31st in September. I don't know if there's – but anyway, uh, point being, you guys go ahead and enter it. All you have to do is like, retweet, or comment under the tweet and, and follow Sports Guy David, me, and the Fantasy Sports Cave on Twitter, and then that's it, and you're entered for the $100 gift card giveaway, which ends pretty soon, but it's a monthly thing, so keep on uh, entering and listening, guys. But as far as that, that's it. David, where can they find you on social? Uh, you can find me, uh, Sports Guy David, on any social media. Um, I post a lot of different chances to, to get in the raffle. We, we're trying to give away this $100 gift card. Um, we want to see you guys buy some gear, and hopefully it's a Charger fan because we want to see some Charger gear. But if not, we we don't care. You could buy you could buy a Tyler Euro jersey, whoever the fuck you want. It's, if you win, it's all up to you. But there you guys have it for the Fantasy Sports Game, Sports Cut David and Lucas Reyes. We are out.